Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 203 of Sack Kings Therapy. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be going over the two summer league games that have happened. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about King's News or King's News, and then also just some possible trade targets that the Kings could look to. Um, unlikely they'll happen, but you know, just the thought of like what this team still needs and if, you know, if the Kings could actually get them. Well, before that, let's get into it. Um, so, okay, yeah. So Fong is here with me, of course. Hello. Sorry, I got stuck on my notes for a moment. I don't know why. <laughs> but yes, uh, so we watched arguably the greatest summer league game of all time. If It's got to be at least like top two, top three um this past weekend uh magic versus the kings it was the keegan murray versus the paolo show uh what would you think it was pretty good i gotta say uh some uh ups and downs throughout the whole game but pretty much that last quarter and <laughs> i guess you could say double overtime <laughs> kind of sealed the deal for this game yeah like so the, the game itself wasn't like crazy spectacular to start it was actually fun watching keegan go up against paolo like paolo is a paolo is a gamer he is going to be a really really good player and like he showed like the full repertoire like he could pass he could score he was like he was he was the best player out there like it just hands down and he is going to be really really good yeah, like I wish we saw the ball on his, in his hands a lot more because it seemed like I don't know the rest of the Magic teams kind of eh, eh, I guess you could say. I, I, I thought it was I thought he had the ball quite a bit. Like they ran the offense through him. There was just a little bit too much RJ Hampton. We'll get to him, mm-hmm. but like yeah. It, but then on the other side, like Keegan just kind of fit in. And like both of them, like uh, of course, Paolo was the best player, had had the mo- the biggest effect on the game. Um, but like Keegan was kind of like like Keegan just existed within the offense, but had the same kind of impact, like you know, comparable to that of Paolo. And it's one thing that's you know really like surprised me about Keegan so far because Keegan in college was this high usage guy. The offense was like very much built around him, like. You know, it was it was a concern to like think like, oh, are, are the stats that he got in college like were they a fluke? Would he be able to do it in like smaller dosages but still be impactful? And yeah, he was impactful this game. Yeah, like he didn't need to be the, I guess the primary ball handler, primary scorer in this team. He just needed to, he he just played the game pretty much. Like he was there for defense, he was there for offense when he needed it to be and it was really nice to see i i can't wait for him to really fit in with uh the uh, regular season roster like the, the thing with him is that you know he like, he doesn't do flashy things at all like like, like paolo this game paolo was like making beautiful like passes like to the corners like he's posting up and then all of a sudden like he sees a cutter and like just basically no looks it to him from the post like beautiful stuff but again, like Keegan, Keegan is, you know, just spotting up for three. He's, you know, cutting every now and then. He's kind of like, he's moving the ball. He grabs rebounds. Like he does a lot of the little things. 
And like he is a picture perfect role player, but like without dominating the ball, like is still like an impactful, impactful player. And it's, I mean, he's not going to get as much love as Paolo, who you know had a, had a great game, but he did have eight turnovers. But like Keegan just plays the game, like doesn't do anything flashy, just is is out there to to help win the game. Yeah, and you know what? We might as well get to that fourth quarter then, huh? Yeah. Um, I guess I'll, I'll recap it. The Kings, Kings, I believe were like at one point down 17 or like it, it was like double digits. It looked really bad in the beginning of the court. And, you know, shout out to Justin James had a nice like baseline dunk on like two guys. Um, it looked it basically, I thought, I thought it was over at that point because that's demoralizing. The Kings fought back and had in seven seconds left there, they were down six. Um, they run a play to get, Kada a three and like you know he hits it despite it looking honestly a very janky shot I don't know if he's going to be a jump shooter honestly he's shown a lot this he's shown a lot but I don't think he's going to be a jump shooter uh our 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 buddy um what's it called Paolo inbounds the ball to our buddy RJ Hampton who kind of it wasn't a bad pass and like I don't even really blame RJ for it but like he was being like guarded really like close by I think at a murky I think it was I think it was murky who was on him hmm. and he manages to deflect the ball out of his hands and the ball bounces to Keegan he shot fakes gets two guys in the air and then launches it and hits the three to recap they were down six with seven seconds to go and somehow tied the game yeah and it went to overtime twice <laughs> And uh, whatchamacallit, we just saw like Keon Hail, I guess you could say Hail Mary during that uh, first overtime. And it was pretty much a back and forth battle until hitting the second overtime, which is a very interesting rule for, uh, I guess, an NBA game. It's just a summer league, uh, I guess, rules, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, yeah, so just to quickly recap the first overtime, there, there were some back and forth scoring. Um, at one point, I, did we challenge at one point? I think we challenged a call. Well, it, either way, it was a tie game. Uh, Keon Ellis hits a, hits a bank shot three with about 20-ish seconds to go. Mm-hmm. On the next possession, uh, I don't even have his name, but Keon fouls a guy, fouls a three-point shooter. He hits all three. And then on the final play before, before it goes to second overtime, Keon fakes a handoff to Keegan. And, like, it gets everyone. Now, this is the issue I have with Keon. Keon had a good game. I think it was five of six from three. But, like, again, as soon as he puts the ball on the ground, I always get a little shaky. He fakes the handoff, gets every, basically fakes out everyone, and gets up, like, close to the lane for about a, you know, good or a good 10-foot bank shot, but doesn't see that, you know, Emmanuel Terry, like, coming over to swat the shot. And instead, he shoots it. And again, gets it blocked instead of, you know, getting it to Kato, who was open for a dunk. So, you know, it was a great play. Just the execution wasn't there. And then in the uh, second overtime, as you just mentioned, sudden it's basically sudden death. First bucket wins. Um, mm-hmm. The Kings get a stop. They call a timeout. They drop a nice play where, again, it's Keon. It, a very similar kind of play in the very in a similar spot. Instead, this time he lobs it to Kata, who gets fouled by Paolo from behind. And the Magic challenge it, and they win the challenge. I, I thought it was a good challenge. I thought it was a good call. Um, just because I there was a little bit of body contact, 
But like, other than that, there was, it, it was a clean block up top and there was like minimal body contact. James Ham was like saying that was a bad call or a bad reversal. But at the same time, like I, I'll, I'll give it to Paolo. Paolo, again, he's a gamer. He, he's not a defender by any means, but he's not a guy you're going to be hunting on defense. And he, he makes plays. Like he is going to be a very, very good player. And uh, yeah, on the next possession, Paolo finds Emmanuel Terry on a tough pass that actually got deflected, but it just ends up in Emmanuel Terry's hands, and he hits it for the game winner. Um, couldn't ask much more from the Kings, to be honest. I thought it was a great game. Like, even though they lost, I thought this was a terrific game from them. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure a lot of people would have tuned out when, you know, we were down, I believe the highest was 18 at the, uh, whatchamacallit, from pretty much most of the dirt and early fourth. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Kings came back. We held them strong. And, yeah, it's, uh, I got to say, yeah, just that last moments were, pretty much the most exciting basketball we've seen in a while since, you know, it is summer. A few more notes on Keegan. Like I thought Keegan defended Paolo really well this game. Like mm-hmm. he, he, we've, we've kind of had concerns of him defending the three, but he is not going to have any problem defending fours because he guarded Paolo for a lot of the game. And whenever, like, I think it was either Ade Murky or um, Jer- not Jeriah Horn, Jer- Jared Roden, I think is our, like, small forward or like hybrid four like whenever whenever Keegan wasn't on him like Paolo was kind of having his way he didn't have a great shooting game but a lot of it was because like Keegan actually held him pretty well like there was there was there was like one play where like um Paolo just went right by him just got a got a step on him and then there was you know the the what's it called the bucket and crunch time where Keegan plays great defense but Paolo just hits a turnaround fadeaway and, you know, it's just, you know, good defense, better offense. But Keegan is going to be, I think, a he's not going to be a guy that people are going to hunt on defense. In fact, I think people are going to try to, like, get Keegan off of them is how good he played this game on defense. Like, Keegan is, go, Keegan is like, he he's going to be plug and play on day one um, for the Kings, the main mm-hmm. roster, I mean. Mm-hmm. And I want to say the same to uh, Keon Ellis as well, even though his offense is, very not so great in terms of a uh, ball handling and whatnot. His defense is really well. He's still sticking on guys. And even though like the same, uh, you know, Teton defense isn't really there yet. I mean, he still sticks on the guy and, you know, annoys the crap out of him. Yeah. The only, I mean, the, the concern is, is the shot. I, I, he's mm-hmm. going to need to hit shots to stick on the floor. I don't know if he's going to get a lot of play, just because the Kings have a lot of guards already, and it looks like they're going to add another one soon. But like Keon is showing something now, he needs does need to develop his offensive game. But like his defense, like he is a hawk, and the Kings just don't have a lot of kind of players like him who's you know annoying as hell on the ball. Like you have Davion, but Davion is one guy, and but like in order to stick, in order to stick in the league, he's going to need to hit shots, and I I, I think he will get there. Mm-hmm. Um, Last thing, about, last note about Keegan. Uh, he, I, we've mentioned this before. Just, it's not going to be a problem when he plays with better talent. But when he's the best player, like on the team, um, and he, it's hard to actually give him that title just because he has no ability to create one on one. And it showed in crunch time when you know Paolo goes at Keegan. 
But then on the other side, Keegan tries to go at Paolo and just can't do much of anything. He ends up losing the ball for a turnover, I think. Um, or no, it, no, it ended up being a jump ball that led to the Keanu story. But like he he doesn't have he doesn't have a great first step. He doesn't have a great handle. It, it's just not part of his game yet. And that is kind of what kind of the reason why a lot of people are down on Keegan. He's not that he doesn't have that star quality. And honestly, I'm not sure if I see it where he's going to be a star. But like if, you, if you're talking about like a guy that's going to fit beautifully next to De'Aaron Fox, fit next to Demondis Sabonis, that's going to he's going to fit. He's going to like be perfect for that role. But like the reason why a lot of people are questioning him at four is that he cannot really create. He doesn't have that explosive first step. He can't he doesn't really have like the Harrison Barnes like repertoire moves and like tricky footwork yet. So he's just, he's not, he's not a one-on-one creator at all. And it really showed like in crunch time. Mm. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, maybe someday we'll never know. He's still, let's see, 21. I mean, on the older side, but. I believe he will be 22 when the season starts. He's an an older sophomore, but like, it doesn't really matter to me, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like you're still, he's still really young. Yeah, lots of years to go. Um, quickly to talk about Kata. Kata needs to work on his rebounding, and like I don't, I don't think he boxes out like consistent. There are times like he will clear out guys. Like he is huge, and even at this level, and even at this level, which is like better competition than the California Classic, he's still just bigger and stronger, and like you know, incredible grace for a guy that big. He's going to be a problem, and like he just needs to develop just a teeny bit more, and then. If he does, like we got a problem, like you, we got a problem on our hands. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll see because, uh, yeah, so far, I mean, no one's been able to, I guess, outsize him. Really, he's he's just that big of a man. He needs to just like hang around Sabonis and just ask him, hey, how do you just clear out guys? Because Sabonis is, I don't know how he does it. He's like, again, he's not really a big guy, but like he plays like he's seven foot, even though he's maybe like 6'10", but like Kata is like seven feet, but I swear to God, he rebounds like he's Mm -hmm. 6'4". I I say this a lot about Damian Jones. Like Damian Jones is like 6'10", like 6'11", and like with giant hops, but like I don't know why he just doesn't like command rebounds like a Sabonis. But yeah, he'll he'll need to work on that, but like he was so graceful. Like he had a beautiful Euro step, like uh, finish, like off off a catch um like in in overtime like he he's gonna be a problem if he keeps developing this way mm-hmm. yeah hopefully we'll see some playing time in the actual nba games okay i did not get to catch the pacers game so i'm gonna need you to break it down for me i, I did see the highlights but come on it doesn't show much of anything yeah i'm not gonna lie i didn't really pay attention too much to it too much because it was a lot of back and forth and you know up until like the second third quarter is where the Pacers kind of slowly came back. I mean, the highest lead they ever came to was uh, up six in the fourth, but that's pretty much it. I mean, if you look at the bot score, most of the points and production came from the starting lineup for the Kings. Uh, our bench was not so great, except Sean McDermott. <laughs> is it Sean McDermott or is it no Alex McConnell oh, didn't sh- play? I don't. I get those two mixed up. Is it Sean uh, McDermott or is it Alex McConnell? Like they're very similar names. 
I'm gonna it's Sean McDermott, okay. according to the box score. Uh, Alex Mc oh, oh, O'Connell didn't play this game. Yeah, I know, I know the like. I remember. I think it was McConnell. Is like it McConnell? He, like you know what you're confusing me now one of them was like really energetic and getting fast break dunks in california classic and we never saw them again for some reason but it was just uh yeah like from what i saw like frankie ferrari hit a lot of threes this game like Mm -hmm. keegan murray like he hit he hit a few threes but he was pretty inefficient like four for 12 yeah and like I didn't see the bad parts of Benedict Matherin, but like the Benedict Matherin that's out there, like, you know, driving and getting dunks. Like, you know, what, what did you think of uh, Ben? Ben, uh, Ben was pretty good. I got to say, like, uh, let's see. He got drafted. What number again? Like he was number six. Yeah. Like I would, I could see him drafting at that area and it, he's like this high energy guy, but, uh, during one of the interviews with Tyrese with uh, Mark Jackson, he mentions that he likes uh, Andrew Nem Nembard. Nembard. Yeah, yeah, their second round pick. Uh, better because he's just a smart guard coming from uh, I believe it was Gonzaga. Uh, yeah, I mean the Pacers seem uh, to play very I guess you could say fluidly. It, that's even a word. But uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But at sometimes they weren't just hitting shots. And that's where, you know, the fourth quarter comes around where the back and forth kind of halts where to the Kings uh, kind of made of, I guess you could say some plays, um, mostly uh, Murray just uh, coaching it up uh, with a three and uh, hitting at, he, he was actually cutting back, uh, which is it? door to uh, some uh, nice dunks and stuff. I mean, the, like, I, there was one play in the Magic game where, like, I was even yelling it at the time. Like, he's open under the rim, but the guys can't find him. And mm-hmm. then, like, Kata, like, passes to him slow, and it's a turnover. Again, this is kind of – he is going to be better once he plays next to De'Aaron and, uh, and Sabonis because those guys can create openings and actually see the openings. Like – the level he is he is going he is going to be very reliant on his uh teammates to create for him because again he doesn't have a one-on-one cre- cre- like ability to create one-on-one very well at all but like he knows how to play basketball if that makes sense like he he has he has good feel for cuts he has good feel for like moving around and you know he can he can shoot off movement and like if this shooting thing is real which it looks real so far like Again, he's gonna he's gonna be really really good, and like even James Ham was like even saying if he's if he's as good as this, he could be running for the rookie of the year. Mm, oh yeah, I could see that. And like uh, I would not have said that like when we drafted him. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, I wouldn't have either. But you know, if we get far into the playoffs, I mean, we'll get probably more coverage in the media, and you know, it yeah, gives let, 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 let's let, let's baby step so far. Let, let's not <laughs> let's not start our sights this high yet um like i i get it at the same time i don't want to like say yeah when we make the play uh, yeah let's let's make it first all right (laughs) like Uh, kc was out here like wow then is basically i I think he predicted that the kings are going to face the he was like his wildest prediction was like the we're going to face the suns in the first round and i I was like what the kings are going to be the sixth seed because i don't see (laughs) phoenix being the first seed (laughs) this year so mm-hmm. i don't i don't know but uh 
yeah, let, let, let's let's tone it down a bit because the West is tough. Mm-hmm. And you never know, maybe more trades will, you know, flip the teams around and maybe Suns will get this and Kings get that. Who knows? I'm but, really uh, looking forward. Oh, but sorry to cut you off. But I'm really looking forward to how the, how Keegan does it. If he plays, let's hope he plays. And like, I really want to see how he does against Chet, who I hope plays. Because uh, because today was supposed to be Paolo versus Chet, but Chet or Paolo had to sit out. Yeah, because I think the Magic were just getting a little antsy about it. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see on we'll see. was it Wednesday? <laughs> okay, but uh, to finish off the notes uh, with the Pacers game uh, with Keita and Keon, uh, Keon, you know, same deal. His offense is kind of eh. But his defense is good. That's all I could say. His shot selection is just not there yet. But he did uh, get some six assists, which is uh, pretty nice to see. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, but Kata did not play the fourth quarter. Yeah, he t- I think he had a calf strain was what I read. Um, mm. I guess he's just, they just didn't want to mess with it. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if he's going to still play. I hope it's nothing major. I, I doubt it is. Like, Cav... Calf strains, as long as you rest it, you're fine. It's the problem is when you come right back from a calf strain. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully he's fine. Yeah, Kata again, I mean, he's just a powerhouse. He's just a bigger guy out there, moving guys, five for six, five blocks. That, I was about to ask you because, like, there was, like, a highlight. I think he got three blocks in one possession. I think uh-huh. Blocked the guy inside, and then some guy tried to shoot, and he smacked that shit, like, downward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he was nasty. Yeah, I think it was a bat-to-bat block. I don't think it was a third block in that sequence because that'd be that'd be pretty crazy, I think. But yeah, like ho- hopefully he's okay. Like the guys are showing out. Kings are coming in mm-hmm. with some good vibes, to say the least. Yeah. And to finish off the notes, um, King and Murray has like this like very composed, I guess look to him i don't know how to describe very him. he's very emotionless but it's, yeah. it's not in like i don't want to say like Kawhi, but like he doesn't show much emotion at all and like the three he hit to tie the game and in, in, in the magic game like that's a lot of that's a lot of poise right there is the word that i keep hearing like just the, just the concentration so like you know not panic in that moment to shot fake and then like to get that slither of daylight like mm-hmm. that takes a, that's mature that's maturity. Yeah, like especially I saw it during the like last was it half second of the second quarter. There's like a failed uh, hail mary attempt from the Pacers uh, cross court to get a layup, and I guess Murray's somehow fouled the guy. No, no arguing from the rest. He just stood up and just you know walked it off. I was like, wow, this guy. This guy's something. We need we need some more fighting, man. Like this, this is where this is where it would drop some of the old heads, like a little angry, probably. I, I didn't see that play, so I, I can't speak to it. But like, you know, this is some of these kids. Like, it, it's almost scary now. Like, they're just so calm. They don't they don't say anything. And I don't know. Maybe like, well, I, I, I've said like Malik Monk will bring some of that. Like, it's good that the Kings are getting more poised, guys. Like Davion's kind of the same way, although he does complain sometimes because does get a short end of stick a lot of the time on foul calls but like it's probably better off to not have a team of like complainers like it annoyed the shit out of me last year like watching a lot of the uh 
like Chris Paul has definitely rubbed off on the Suns. Like that's mm-hmm. a big one. Uh, last year, especially like the, the Timberwolves, like uh, Patrick Beverly's like, you know, complaining and just shit talking, like rubbing off on the Timberwolves. It made them a very annoying team, honestly. Mm. Like at a, at a certain point, you dumb motherfuckers foul them. Like, shut up. <laughs> like, stop. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like, just, you foul them. Just take it. Like, make make the next play. This is, this is you don't got to cry about it and look like a bitch. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's my Carl Anthony Towns thing. It's just like when he complains about a call, I'm like, you mugged the dude. What are you talking about? So, yeah. 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 I mean, so far, I can't see it from this team yet, but. We'll see how Monk fares off with uh, those type of calls, I guess. Okay. All right. To close out this episode really quickly, um, it was spotted if you were watching at least the Magic game. I don't know if it was the case in the Indiana game. But uh, you saw Delhi, you saw Shabazz Muhammad, and you saw Quinn Cook uh, sitting with the Kings. Uh, I think there was actually even a picture um, online of like Davion and Chemezi Metu sitting with them. And if you thought that was a little weird, well, it's because um, they got actually, they're actually kind of related to the Kings. Uh, so the Kings are actually going to uh, work them out individually in Vegas. So basically, they basically want a third guard. And two out, two out of those three guys like fit that bill, like Delhi, like a really good, pretty, was a good backup point guard in his day. Quinn Cook like worked really well like for the Warriors for a bit and even like actually played under Mike Brown. Um, so like that makes sense. Shabazz Muhammad, a uh, bit, bit more of a wingy type player. And the Kings have like three open roster spots and they're probably looking to kind of fill, fill like some of those spots out. And Shabazz maybe fits like as a wing on the team. So that's why they were there. So what, were, what are your thoughts when you saw that? Uh I thought it was interesting, especially Dewey. I didn't know Dewey was going to, you know, come back, to be honest. I thought he was going to be in the Australian League for however X amount of more years until he retires. But um, Quinn Cook and Shabazz, I actually wouldn't mind them as their, or, you know, hard dirt option in our team. Like as a score, right? Actually, hmm. I'm not even sure what Shabazz did. I think he scored, right? I don't, he's, been, uh, it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while, but he's still relatively young. I think twenty nine was what I heard. Twenty nine uh, was what I heard. Okay, so yeah, Quinn Cook is also twenty nine. Uh, I'm not sure what Delhi is. Let me just. Check. I think Delhi's in his thirties for sure. Like last time I heard about him, like when he was on the Cavs, like he had a nerve injury. I thought he's thirty one, mm-hmm. but like I thought he had a nerve injury and like his career was done. And he did play for the uh, like Australian national, but he didn't, he didn't like do anything if I remember right. But yeah, I, I mean, like Quinn Cook makes sense. Like, I, I mean, I like what he brings on offense, and also apparently a really good locker room guy. Same thing with Della Dadova, like good, really good locker room leader type player. And then uh, like was is also a very very feisty defender. I don't know if he's still any good at like defending, but like at least he'll be feisty. Um, and bring some of that energy. Um, and Shabazz, again, like as far as I know, as far as I can remember, he scores. Like you need another wing to at least like, you know, play some defense. Like at some point, like scoring, there's only one ball. But like if Shabazz is joining this team, I hope it's like to kind of shore up the defense. But I don't know if he brings that. Yeah, I'm going to have to review on that because 
when was the last time he played? It felt like 2017 was what I heard, although okay. I cannot confirm. Okay, yeah, it felt like I haven't seen him since before um, COVID for sure. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like when I saw Shabazz Muhammad, I, I didn't know who it was until I read it was Shabazz Muhammad. Oh, really? So, I mean, yeah. Um, you know, Yo, like I've seen Quinn Cook and Matthew Della De Dova, but I didn't know who the third guy was. Oh, really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember he played for Minnesota and I, I want to say the Bucks. I don't know what else, though, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not exactly an expert on Shabazz Muhammad. And I, I don't know what this is going to turn into. I, I, I'll research him if I have to, but like I don't know if he's going to be on the team. So mm, we'll yeah. see how we'll see how that turns out. But the Kings are looking for options. And if you're wondering, like, well, why don't the Kings just trade for one? Uh, the the league is still being held hostage by Kevin Durant, and like I, I want to say Kyrie Irving too, but like. That's more of a subset of the Kevin Durant saga, if anything. Uh, basically, I guess every team is like waiting for that domino to drop just because like they don't want to they want to get involved in the trade one way or, or another. And honestly, this might end up being a weird, like big ass trade. Like James Am has talked about, like the he can see the Kings become the third team in that. Honestly, I see like a te- up to like even a 10 team trade. Just oh. like. Just where does the weird giant reshuffling of the league because Kevin Durant is going to go somewhere and then like other teams will chip in like kind of their assets for at for assets that fit their needs and stuff like that. Like it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be wild if when and if that, you know, that trade goes down. Yeah, that I mean, 10 team, that seems pretty, pretty crazy enough to hear, but We'll see because <laughs> well, ten might be an exaggeration. I don't know if you can get so many people involved and like not somebody <laughs> to fuck it up by like, oh, this guy doesn't want to waive his no trade clause. It's like, come on, man. But yeah, I, I want to like. I think something big is coming, and I'm I, I, honestly, I'm still on the fence about Kevin Durant being traded. But nothing is going to happen until that issue is resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at, until then, like I've, I've list, I finally kind of found some thought of some candidates, uh, like, so Kenya Martin Jr. is not happy in, uh, in Houston because like, they're just drafting like a, a bunch of like three, fours. They drafted Tari Eason. They drafted, uh, Jabari Smith. So like, there just, isn't going to be mu- many minutes for him and he wants to be traded somewhere. Now, <laughs> before you, before I get your thoughts on it. Like one of the golden sayings from, you know, one big was you can't demand a trade when you have no trade value, (laughs) but I'm more than happy to give up a second round for him. Oh yeah. I I wouldn't mind that. Ironically, he was actually drafted by us, but he would just, we literally just gave him to the Rockets. Jeez. I I totally forgot. That was like two years ago, right? Yeah. It was during the pandemic year. I think. Yeah. Man, I totally forgot about that. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind giving up a second rounder for him. But and if you're really- wondering, he is sub- around six seven, which that you know, another wing. He's probably like a, as far as I know, he's like a four. Like he's not really a shooter, but he's athletic. You know, much like his dad, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. I feel like something bigger would happen i just don't know who well you know you say bigger like 
I, I hate that I'm saying this because like, look, I love, I love Casey. He says some wild shit. He has some wild takes. He loves some players that I don't get, but he was in on, he was in on Malik Monk way earlier than like most. And I was in denial about it just because like, I did, I did not want another guard who doesn't play defense. Mm-hmm. He was also in on Cam Reddish early. Now oh, he, really? he talked, he talks Cam Reddish. Like he's, like he's LeBron James mixed with Kevin Durant. But Cam Reddish is a is well, he, he's an okay player, but like everything about him is all about potential. He's not shown much. Like honestly, he had a good shooting. He, like in the playoffs, he had one good shooting game. I think he had seven threes, but they lost by like 20 um when he was on the Hawks. But that's about all he's shown. But like he fits the mold of some of someone that the Kings need. Like a, a big wing who can shoot and you know defend like theoretically, and like has a lot of room to grow. Like he fits the bill. I just wonder what the price is for him. Is it a first round pick? Like can we? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be Rashawn Holmes. Um, I don't think it's going to be like anything that a player that we can send. Like Harrison, I don't really want to trade Harrison for him. If you can, if you can like get him and keep Harrison, now that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But as it stands right now, like Cam Reddish is a guy I'm monitoring, and apparently uh, the Miami Heat have called about him. Ah, okay. Uh, man, I mean, if I, to be honest, I, 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 I wouldn't mind trading uh, Rashawn for him. That's my opinion. But yeah, it's uh, the potential. I, I don't know about him too much to know how much he can provide our team. He probably could uh, provide a lot of spot minutes for us, but other than that, I mean, he is what he is, to be honest. I mean, like, I wouldn't be too angry if we did trade Barnes for him, because, like, you know, he's not going to be as good as Barnes. There, there's no doubt about that, but he can grow into that role, I feel. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you have the successor to Barnes in Keegan Murray. Like, he legitimately is like a clone of him, in, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I know a lot of people have like brought up other guys, but like, he is Harris. He is literally Harrison Barnes to me. Mm-hmm. And like, you need, like, if, if Barnes is not going to sign an extension, like, at a certain point, you, you're going to need to get, you're, you need to get something for him. And Cam Reddish isn't a bad, isn't a bad show. Hmm. I feel like if we were to, you know, get rid of Barnes, we we need something back for sure. Like, I don't think the contract matches, right, with Cam? No, Cam is on, like, four. He's on his rookie deal. So, like, they would actually need to give something else to us. Yeah. What does New York even have? Let's see. <laughs> RJ Barrett. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – I don't think they're going to give him up. <laughs> also, like, the Julius Randle people, I I get it. If we didn't trade for Sabonis, sure. Like, honestly, swap him with Fox. You might actually end up with, like, a very similar type of situation. I think they're around the same tier of player. But, like, I'd rather just keep Fox, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. There's – I don't think we could get Evan Fournier. I don't want Evan Fournier. Yeah. I like – I actually like his offensive game. He doesn't. He he is. He does fuck off for you on defense. Like New York fans were complaining a lot about it. He's got a thick contract too. Hey, I mean, if they went to Emmanuel quickly, <laughs> no, <laughs> for some ain't. reason, <laughs> no, they ain't doing. But like that, that that would go into the. I mean, I hate to say like because the Kings do need a like talent, 
It's another good little guard that doesn't play defense. Mm-hmm. Granted, can score in bunches, but like I need, I need, I need guys who play defense, and RJ Barrett plays defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other than that, I mean, there's D Rose and Obi Toppin. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. A, a, a beat report, a reporter for uh, the New York Knicks says Tibbs would cut off his own foot than trade Derrick Rose. Oh. That's his guy. That's his guy, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe a pick. <laughs> Throw in the pick for us and uh, call it good. Yeah, we'll see. But, like, Cam Reddish is a guy that's very interesting to me. And, like, he the, – the Knicks gave up a pick for him, like a first-round pick for him. And, like, that, that was, like, a big debate. Like, you know, the Kings – why don't the Kings have an asset like that? But – at a certain point, like you do need a young guy like a Cambridge. And you know, he fits the timeline of the Kings. And again, just the frame, the the abilities, the potential. Are there a lot of them? A lot of them speaks Kings to me. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, a, every a lot of teams around the league could use them. I, there was a there was Lakers just seemed to throw everybody's name. So I don't know if it's real or not, but they were like saying they were apparently I saw a tweet saying that. The king, the, the kings, the Lakers, and the Lakers want to trade THT for him straight up. Wow, really? Hmm. Yeah, THT would a, be nice. Uh, I'm like, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. We'll see what we could give up for uh, either of them if they, you know, do want to trade. I swear that we talked about Cam Reddish a while ago during, uh, I think, before the trade deadline, right? Yeah, because like it was just like the the idea, like because we weren't thinking of a big move that was going to cost you Tyrese Halliburton, and like the Kings have always needed wings, and like Cam Reddish was just out there, like he mm-hmm. was always talked about as like a guy that was readily available, mm-hmm. and they they should look that way, but. You know, like we didn't have the asset, which was a first round, a disposable first round pick. Mm-hmm. Oh man, can you imagine if it was <laughs> if it were to be uh, our twenty twenty two round pick? No, I no, it was never going to be that. I just because like like there was no guarantee that the Kings were going to be good. Like if you could like trade your protected twenty twenty two pick, that would have been interesting. Mm. Yeah, that would be interesting, but you know. We've already used it, so like that's not an option. You can't. Tra- we can't trade our twenty twenty three pick. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't know the future. The future holds a lot of things unknown, such as the future, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that is just an that was just an idea I had. Uh, talk about Cam Reddish way more than he deserves. I think he's staying with the Knicks anyways, <laughs> and like Tibbs is not going to play him. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But like again, that's the kind of guy that I that would like to think. But again, with Kevin Durant holding the holding the not, not just the Kings, a lot of t- like the rest of the league hostage. There's not going to be anything happening, and it's been like airily quiet for a bit now. Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping something happens, but I feel like nothing's <laughs> going to happen until after summer week. Not not going to lie, which is probably I think the last game supposedly Sunday. It's a 10-day event. So like we're we're just over the weekend. So like yeah, around yeah, around next week. Yeah. And we'll see who gets crowned uh, I guess summer league champion by then. Uh, unfortunately, it likely won't be the Kings cuz like they already lost and like it's whoever has the best record in summer league plays the other team that has the best record. So it's very unlikely it's going to be us unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. 
Yeah, my only hope is that we get to see Keegan versus Chet. I, I want to see if Keegan can actually bully Chet. Because, like, it is like a, like, Chet has such a, like, crazy thin frame. And Keegan, like, one of the one of the things that I was worried about Chet was, like, he is going to get bullied by wings. But I don't know if Keegan has a, like, mature enough game just yet to be able to do that. But, like, I want to see how, if he can, like, take it to Chet. Uh, we'll see because I don't, I don't think he would, he's not that kind of guy who would go one-on-one as many times as we would expect, especially a guy like Chet. Well, well, no, no. Well, I'm talking about like Keegan go like being guarded by Chet. Oh, I see. Like, I see. I, Keegan is a power driver. Like if you put a strong wing on him, like he can't really do anything, but against a smaller guy, against a weaker guy, he will go at the dude. And I don't know. I don't know if that's a recipe for success against Chet. He he has arms for days, but like he like Kenny Lofton showed like you you can move him. Granted, Kenny Lofton's like two seventy, like Keegan's two twenty at best. But you know, it's it's just it's just I want to see if this is going to be a thing, and if this is going to be concerned for Chet. Mm. Well, we'll see. All right. Uh, anything else you want to quickly talk about um, before we shut it down? Uh, no, but I'm hoping that we could watch the uh, game against OKC on Wednesday because it's 5 p.m. And man, oh, man, I am going to be tired when getting off work. Well, again, uh, anytime you say you're tired, I've never heard you say you're energetic for anything. Yeah. So, you know, you'll be tired regardless anyways. But we will we will try to watch that game. I should be able to watch it. Um, yeah, hopefully no one sits out. Like there's there's every chance that Keegan could sit out for all we know. Mm. Has OKC lost the game yet? Have they? I feel like they have. I don't know. I, I honestly I don't care enough to check, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe, I, I think they have. Let's see. Oh well, they won against Orlando today. I'm taking way too long to check. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, I'll I'll fill in the dead air. Uh, so for those of you um, that were a fan of our Naruto, uh, we already teased it on last episode, but we will be coming to you hopefully later this week. Uh, a Naruto recap episode. Um, just we are going to finish the first arc, which was the it's called the Land of Waves. Uh, for those of you um, that used to watch Naruto, that is the first twenty episodes. We are going to. We're going to do 16 to 20 and uh, it should be a good one. Um, It's been, I mean, it's been, it's been like over a hundred episodes since we've done one, which almost, I think almost a year at this point. Um, Yeah. I think over a year, it feels like. Yeah. We just, we just couldn't like, honestly, the first 15 episodes killed us. It was pretty awful. Like the first five episodes were fine. It was just like, when you got to like the middle part of it, it was just so bad, but we will be getting back into it and we will. And after that hub, it should be a little bit smoother. And we hope to come to you guys with more of those episodes. Mm-hmm. Maybe with different, you know, shows too. Well, we'll have to see. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I can't bring myself to watch a lot of shows. I'm, I still haven't finished winning time. Oh, I, really? I, I have an, <laughs> I have an HBO subscription. It's just draining my bank account. Like just $9 down the drain every month. I don't even use it. Oh geez, yeah, you should finish up winning time. It's a pretty good. It's really good, I'd say. Uh, I haven't finished it, but like, it, 
tell me if you agree with this. Does it just make you hate Magic Johnson? Not in a good way either. It's just like you're a prick. Uh, I'm pretty indifferent about him, to be honest. I mean, he did what he did, and I mean, he's still one of the greatest. Like this, this might give me a little bit of tr- a little bit of trouble, but like, you ever watched the uh, interview with him and Howard Beck, or like he interviewed Howard Beck? Hmm. I don't recall. Well, the, the synopsis is that, you know, Magic, like, always, like, has this, like, really good, clean persona in public. But as in winning time, you see he is, like, far the farthest thing from being a clean, like, a clean personality, if you will. Um, mm, yeah. Like, and basically Howard Beck just kind essentially exposed him a little bit. It, not a little bit. It really, it, it was really bad. It actually got a show canceled. I think um, the magic show, and it, it's it's really funny to watch like that because what Howard Beck like talked about was just like what I hear about magic. What I hear about you, magic, is that you're this crazy sex fiend. And this was after he got HIV, so like it, it was a bit of a sensitive topic. But it was a fascinating watch to just watch that. Um, to watch that interview, and then also watch Winning Time, where you see magic like just you know like fucking a lot (laughs) yeah uh, yeah especially since he had a girl too and i mean the show hasn't ended yet i I guess that's a spoiler because uh it kind of stops at the first championship so i mean there's there's so much of magic to go yeah for those of you that don't know yes uh the, the lakers did win a championship uh was it 40 years ago if you don't know that by now, that that ain't our fault. <laughs> like that was, that was a forty years ago. So yeah, yeah geez. Yeah, spoilers. Um, but yeah, like it's, I mean, it's the stories that you hear about Magic, uh, like is crazy. The shit he did, like back in the day, like the that entire Lakers team. Like you're in LA, you're a, you're a, you know you're super tall, you're rich, in the city of LA, like. It, is it any surprise like that these guys are just fucking around all the time like the stories are crazy Mm -hmm. yeah nowadays it's pretty low-key i'd say unless you're you know no no it's not it's not it's exactly the same i I, I would say it's worse yeah (laughs) now that i think about it i yeah (laughs) with all the postings and uh miles bridges and (laughs) all that yeah well, that's a different case. No, I wouldn't put that. And I'm just talking about like guys who, you know, fuck around a lot. Like there's a lot of those NBA players who do that. Mm. Um, it, it is a real thing. Um, mm. I mean, come on, like you're rich and you're super rich nowadays. Like, mm. And so, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Stall long enough. Uh, are they, are they three and oh? No, they're one and one. They're one and one. Okay. So they're probably not going to win the championship, but we'll see. Yeah, maybe so, the Kings have a chance. Yeah, so far, um, the two teams that are on top are Detroit and man, I had it up New York, <laughs> mm-hmm, New York, interesting. And the next four teams are just one, one old because they haven't faced the second team yet. So we'll see about those four teams uh, Toronto, LA, Clippers, Miami Heat, and Utah. Now that I mentioned LA Clippers, I don't know why they're not in the California Classic and Miami is. Yeah, that's a 
that's a mystery. I don't know what it is with that. Like this, apparently like Utah had a, had its own little California classic thing that I don't think was part of summer league. No. Yeah, it wasn't. I believe it was like, okay. Seasoned it. Memphis is in it. And for some reason, Philadelphia. Yeah. It's just, they just include these weird ass. I don't get what the theme is. Yeah, for Utah, I don't know. For California, I mean, why is Miami in there? It's well, like, you, well, it's, you know, Miami is very close to California. Didn't you know? Yeah, Malibu is the same as in, now we know what's in Miami. Yeah, I've, I've never been to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I want to, just from see some of the stories that I've heard. I'm, I would love to be in Miami just once, though. Yeah, I mean, the major cities aren't bad. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we we've rambled on long enough. Uh, you have anything else you want that about the Kings about the Kings Summer League that you want to talk about uh, before we uh, close the show? No, but like I said, excited for that Wednesday game. Hopefully, we come out with a W or even a pretty good game and uh, see our guys improve even more. Yep, I just well, I'm just I'm just there to see Chet and Keegan. I just want to see that battle. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, well, that's all we have for uh, this episode. We've rambled on long enough. Um, thank you guys for listening. If you're somehow still listening to this, thank you. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Yeah, we'll see you guys later.